Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I apologize, uh, Who That Nation. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties when it comes to the uh, the mic. I'm actually speaking to you uh, from the mic of my webcam. So I do apologize uh, if, you know, you can't hear me as effectively. Uh, I do apologize for that. Um, I'm at the studio right now. Tried to uh, talk through the soundboard, but it's you know, having a little bit of an issue. How everybody doing today? Saturday, right? Beautiful day out here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, you know, decided to come into work, get a little, little, get a little bit done here at the radio station. But I did want to talk about the uh, New Orleans Saints, man. I took a couple days off uh, to try to decompress, man. Spend a little time with the family, uh, try to get myself kind of, you know, saying adjusted because uh, some of you probably already know. You know, I, I took on another job. I work at nights now. Uh, work at night, and uh, it's kind of affecting, you know, saying my my whole sleep pattern. So I just decided to take a couple of days off just to try to get things uh, situated with me. You know, what I'm saying also, like I said, try to spend a little time with the family. So hope everybody's having a good Saturday uh, afternoon. It's afternoon here in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But before I get started, man, I just want to give a special shout out uh, to my guy, uh, Josh and Jesus, man. Y'all probably know him. He's probably in the chat. You probably see him in the chat from time to time. Uh, Josh and Jesus, man, I don't know if y'all seen on the State of the Saints podcast, uh, you know, YouTube channel. Uh, I posted a video uh, of him. He was trying to raise money uh, for his last semester of college. And uh, I'm glad to inform you that uh, Josh and Jesus uh, will be graduating from Iowa State University, man. Uh, he hit me up in an email and, uh, you know, he, he has graduated from Iowa State, man. He had a little bit of some, some issues financially, but he got it done, man. So I want to give a special shout out to Josh and Jesus. Congratulations to you, man. You know, as a, a college graduate, I can tell you it's no greater feeling than finishing up um, college, man, you know, and. Uh, I know you probably won't be able to walk across the stage, but just the fact that you will be able to, you know, graduate from college, man, I mean, it's a, a tremendous honor. So shouts out to Josh and Jesus, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, you always have a fan uh, right here in, in yours truly, man. And, uh, you know, everything that you have overcome in your life, man, it, it is so remarkable to see you, uh, you know, overcome all these things. So really do appreciate it, brother. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints and Let's talk a little bit about the the injuries. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. The Saints this season uh, have been snake bitten at the wide receiver position. I mean, it seems like every time somebody else comes in, that person falls out. Anytime we see a guy show flashes, eventually, like he end up leaving. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it just absolutely crazy. Uh, Michael Thomas is going to miss his sixth game. Uh, you know. Due to injury, uh, we know that he had a high ankle sprain that caused him to miss a few games. And now uh, he dealt with a hamstring injury over the last couple of weeks and he's not playing in this game. And now Marquez Callaway, Marquez Callaway, who showed flashes last week in a game against the Carolina Panthers, eight catches, 75 yards. He won't be playing in the game. So, ah, man, it is so frustrated uh, to see this, man. But. I am going to say this before I, I even break this game down. If Drew Brees goes out here to Soldier Field, if Drew Brees can uh, bring home a victory for the New Orleans Saints against a Chicago Bears team that has a really good defense, a team that is very, very stingy, a team that is ranked number one in red zone defense, 
then they need to go ahead and put Drew Brees in the MVP conversation. Look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, look, it is what it is, man. We we are not talking about what Drew Brees has been doing over these last couple of games uh, enough. You know, I know everybody's going gaga Google over Tom Brady and what he's doing. He's 43 years old. Oh, Tom Brady. Oh, he, look what he's doing. He's got this weapon and that weapon. Drew Brees don't have nobody, okay? Drew Brees is basically throwing it to uh, practice squad guys and guys that nobody even really heard of and guys that we expect to step up but haven't stepped up and now they are stepping up you know drew Brees is bringing out the best in these guys so regardless if you have uh, mixed feelings about drew Brees at this stage uh you have to give credit what credit is due they need to put that man in a conversation now, i'm not saying that way that he been I don't know I don't know if anybody heard what the last thing I said I mistakenly uh, pressed the button I apologize for that but let me go ahead and backtrack all right I said M, I said Drew Brees should be in the MVP conversation right I think he should be in the MVP conversation I'm not saying that he's the best quarterback out there right now I'm not saying that he's out there you know what I'm saying playing at a higher level than some of these other quarterbacks but at the same time I don't think you can find a guy that's more valuable right now. Uh, and I, I really feel like the, the New Orleans Saints would probably uh, have a losing record if it wasn't for Drew Brees. This guy is out here turning nothing into something. So I think that that needs to uh, be acknowledged. Now, now the Saints have a, a tall task here, man. They're going out to Soldier Field in Chicago. Now, they did win last year. They won without Drew Brees. Uh, they won without Alvin Kamara. I understand all that. But this is a different type of beach, man. It wasn't as cold as it's going to be out there. And we all know that Chicago is known as the Windy City. It is going to be windy out there, man. So if, if you know, the Saints think that they're going to be able to throw the ball all over the place, uh, I think they're sadly mistaken. You know, I think that the running game is going to have to uh, show itself. And I think that last season, I think the Saints had the recipe for success. Uh, if you look at Latavius Murray, when he went out there to Chicago, I think he had over 100 yards. I think he had 109 yards rushing, uh, you know, in, in that particular game. So I think that the recipe for the Saints is to run the football, okay? They got to run the football. They got to go out here. They got to control the time of possession. They got to make sure that they're doing the right things in order for them to succeed uh, as a team, uh, they're going to have to make sure that they go out there and leave no stone left unturned. Defensively, uh, they got to go out here and have a better outing. You know, I know we've been having some issues uh, in the secondary. We've been having issues with guys missing assignment and blowing assignments. Uh, the Chicago Bears, I'm not buying into what I'm hearing about, oh, Matt Nagy and, and, and Nick Foles are not on the same page or you know, uh, you know, they're not uh, doing things offensively. Uh, uh, Nick Foles threw Matt Nagy under the bus. I'm not buying all that, okay? I mean, that is just the media trying to spend some things and trying to cause friction within organizations. I'm not buying that. I know that Nick Foles on any given Sunday can go out there and blow you out. Nick Foles can go out there and put up tremendous numbers. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl MVP, and this guy can get hot. So if the, th if 
um, excuse me, if the Saints go out there and take this team lightly because of what they saw on Monday Night Football, what they saw in a game against the Los Angeles Rams, they are going to lose this football game. It's just as simple as that. It's about assignments. It's about being where you need to be. It's about tackling the guy. It's about getting pressure on Nick Foles. That is what this is all about. And the Saints have got to get pressure on Nick Foles. Now, the Chicago Bears running game has been non-existent. It has been non-existent this season. There has been a lot of issues when it comes to running the football. Tariq Cohen, we know he went down earlier in the year. We know that these guys have had some up and down uh, when it comes to running the football. They had Cordell Patterson back there a couple times running the football, a la what he did out there in New England. And, you know, you have Allen Robinson, who is coming off concussion protocol when you're talking about throwing the football. And there's a lot of young players out there for the Chicago Bears wide receiver court. And Jimmy Graham is nicked up. The Saints have got to take advantage of this. You have to control the time of possession. You have to run the football in this game because you can't count on Drew Brees throwing the football all over the place in this type of environment when the wind is swirling and the, the temperature is going to be around 40 degrees or lower around 425 kickoff time, Eastern Standard Time. You got to be able to run the football. You got to be able to control the time of possession and you got to utilize some of the weapons that you possess uh, at that particular position. Uh, the ball. Uh, thank you very much for $2. Says the Saints should run me hard this week. I absolutely agree with you, the ball. And thank you very much for your $2. The Saints definitely got to run the football. Uh, if, if you've been watching the Saints over the last couple weeks, you would see that the Saints have been running the football very effectively. Shots out to the offensive line. Uh, I think we all can agree. Andrews Pete, this probably was the best game he probably ever played in the Saints uniform last week. If he can uh, repeat that, then I think he'll be just fine. So we all know that he is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Uh, James Hurst, I know he gave up that uh, that strip fumble that uh, that happened uh, when when the defender hit Drew Brees, but after that he kind of settled down and he played much better. Now I'm no, I don't think he's going to play in this game. Armstead seems like he's going to be a go. Uh, he dealt with a, a elbow injury, so it looks like he's going to be playing in this game. Uh, so I, I don't think the Saints are going to have any issues at the left tackle and right tackle position, respectively, but. Uh, I think that they're going to have to make sure that they keep Drew Brees upright and make sure that they limit their mistakes and limit the penalties. Uh, TJ Sleep Patterns, thank you very much for the $2 says. We all screwed up right now, bro. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, just working overnights. I mean, it's been a while since I worked overnight. I'm, I'm 34 right now with that nation. And I think the last time I worked overnight, I think I was around 20 years old, man. And that was during the time I was staying in Dallas, Texas, and I was just ready to take on the world, man. You know, when you're 20 years old and, you know, you're working overnight, you're making that shmoney, you know what I'm saying, that that, that, that guapo, you know what I'm saying, you're not thinking about your sleep patterns at that time, you're just counting your duckies in your mind. But, you know, at the tender age of 34 years old, I mean, you got a one-year-old rambunctious son, uh, and also, you know, you got to be, uh, you know, a good husband, you know, because you, you want to be able to spend time with your wife and go places and do stuff, you know, you don't want to do that, so... Just trying to balance that, man. You know, I'm just trying to balance that and trying to do all these different things. But, you know, I, I definitely, you know, have a place and I'm always going to have time to uh, talk New Orleans Saints. No doubt about that. Uh, also, TJ Sleep Patterns, thank you very much for $2 says we enemies now. <laughs> now, nah, I don't think we enemies, man. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, I just got to 
I, I don't know. I just got to find some type of common ground with you, my friend. But thank you very much for the $2. I'm trying to see if I missed any of them, uh, any donations before I get into it. But thank y'all very much for filing in. Thank you to the uh, 93 people looking at this right now live. I really do appreciate that. Uh, if you're new to the channel, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Uh, we talk New Orleans Saints here. We talk to some of the best reporters that cover the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I encourage everybody to check out uh, the interview I conducted with John DeShazer, uh, JD. You probably know him from NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, you know, so he was very candid. Uh, he, he, he gave us um, some very good information about the New Orleans Saints. So this is an interactive show. Uh, we talk and we, you know, interact with one another. Uh, you can do so by uh, putting your comment or your question inside of the chat. Uh, we're going to start with Sheets Trub here. Uh, Sheets says, uh, let's remember D. Harris and his special team performance last season. Uh, yeah, uh, Sheets, uh, yeah, that, that's very, very true. Uh, Deontay Harris, who I feel like is one of the best uh, kick returners in the game, uh, I know he doesn't have a punt return or a kick return uh, for a touchdown, but uh, a lot of people don't. I think there's only been maybe like one return this entire season for a touchdown, no punt returns. Uh, for a touchdown this season, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, special teams guy, I don't know if he uh, returned a kick or he returned a punt, but there has been few and far between. But Deontay Harris, we know that he has the ability to flip the field. Uh, we've seen it in that game against the 49ers. Uh, we've seen it uh, in a game in game one versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Deontay Harris, I mean, anytime he gets his hand on a football, it's always uh, is always edge of your seat. Uh, it's always a possibility he can take it to the house. And I, I like what I have been seeing from him uh, in the wide receiver game. Uh, he ran two really good dig routes uh, in a game last week, and he also had his first receiving touchdown. So he is going to be a guy that we're going to rely on heavily, especially since we know that Marquez and we know that Michael is not playing and Emmanuel Sanders is not playing because he's still dealing with COVID-19. Uh, according to sources, uh, he had a fever last week of 102. So we're definitely praying for Emmanuel Sanders, man. We got to understand that these guys are human beings too, man. We we understand that these guys give us a lot of joy. We expect these guys to go out here and and give us like you know satisfaction of of watching a guy go out here, score touchdowns, make plays. But they're human beings. At the end of the day, we have to remember that too. Uh, Andrea says, uh, Lattimore and Jenkins played well last week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, both of the guys, I think they, they just gave up about 15 yards. I think uh, that's pretty good. I think that, uh, you know, as much scrutiny as we give the secondary, we got to give credit where credit is due. I think we've uh, become uh, so focused on um, pointing out the negative that we need to start acknowledging the positive. And, and the positive is who that nation uh, that they have been playing, they played well last week. So let's just give these guys some credit. Uh, you know, one person that, that stood out, you know, among the crowd as far as like lackluster performances was C.J. Garner-Johnson. But besides everybody else, uh, you know, Marcus Williams, I guess you can throw him in there too, giving up that big play. But everybody else played pretty well in the secondary. We are in trouble tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if we're in trouble. You know, if the Saints actually go out there and they run the football, okay, and they use Drew Brees, you know, in a play-action game, throwing the ball when it's absolutely necessary, controlling the time of possession, going out there, you know, if they get the ball first, going down there, just like they did last week, 
put a put together a really good drive. Uh, you know, make sure that they get those seven points. I'm just saying if they actually uh, get the ball first. Uh, if it's the defense, uh, if the offense of the Chicago Bears uh, get the ball first, then the defense need to get themselves a three and out. Let's try to control the momentum of this game. Let's try to control the time of possession in this game. And like I said, it's, it's not about always being sexy. Let's get away from that, who that nation. The, the name of the game is to win football games. And I think that we have to understand that this is, this is a team that is always going to be a nip and tuck type team. This is going to be one of those edge of seat uh, teams. This is going to be one of those teams that is going to take the, the opposing team's best shot, but they're going to go out swinging. This is going to be the type of season that the Saints are going to have throughout. It's going to be very rare that you see the Saints blow out a team and you breathe in a sigh of relief around the third quarter because the Saints are structured like that, in my opinion. Too many holes in the defense, uh, too much questionable play calling down the stretch, uh, you know, saying too many mistakes uh, later, late in games. This is the type of team that we have. The point in the name of the game is just to make sure that you have more points than your opponent. And if the Saints can do that at the end, whether it be a field goal, whether it be a late touchdown, whether it be a pick six, whatever the Saints have to do to win the game, let's go ahead and get this done. And then next week, around week nine, when you're taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you'll have some of your core players back. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders would be, you know, he, he will feel much better. He'll be, be able to be back with the team, not having COVID symptoms. Maybe Michael Thomas will be better and the hamstring will be a little bit more healed up. Uh, maybe you'll have some of those guys that have some nicks uh, be able to come back. Maybe you'll see somebody like Kiko Alonso show up in the game, you know, now, now that he's off the pup list. Maybe you'll see Ty Montgomery show up in the game. So you're going to get guys back. But let's go ahead and focus on the Chicago Bears. Let's just try to do what needs to be done to win. It may not be the prettiest win. It may not be the sexiest win. But a win is a win, especially when you are, are down uh, some very key players. Okay? I mean, let, let's, just go ahead and, I, let's just go ahead and understand that. Let's stop looking at Tampa Bay. Let's stop looking at how they're performing right now. Let's not. Let's stop looking at how they're blowing out teams and focus on the fact that oh, even if you win by 25, it's equivalent to you winning by three, okay? Because at the end of the day, nobody cares about how you won the game. Nobody cares how impressive you look. A win is a win, okay? I mean, you look at uh, the 1998 uh, Minnesota Vikings, right? The Minnesota Vikings were blowing teams out. Randy Moss, Chris Carter, uh, Robert Smith, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like John Randall and crew. They were out there dominating teams. They dominated all the way to a 15-1 and record. But they went up against a New York Giants team, right? And they got blew out. But, I mean, who cares at the end of the day, right? We know they were 15-1, and but nobody cares at the end of the day, right? Because the name of the game is winning, okay? It's about winning football games. And the Saints have got to find ways to win football games by field goals, uh, by interceptions, by playing as a team. That is what it's all about, folks. So stop looking at the opposing team and seeing how they're winning and, and, and letting these, these fans of these opposing teams get into your mind like, oh, we're in trouble. Look, a win is a win, all right? Especially when you're down, these type of players. I would love Steels back in New Orleans, uh, Uni, to provide receiving depth that we desperately need. Uh, Trav, uh, let, let me let me ask you this, Trav. Um, do we actually really need 
this type of uh do we desperately need wide receiver help like I, I want people to understand this think about this do we really need wide receiver help because every time a guy goes down we see another guy step his game up and they perform well if if they were out there and they weren't performing well then i would be like man you know what this team really needs some help this team really needs somebody out there in free agency that can come in and shoot this team in the arm with some excitement, uh, with some playmaking skills, with some splash. But when I see guys go down, I'm, for every guy that goes down from a Michael Thomas, you have a Traquan Smith that has a good game, or a Marquez Callaway having a good game, or a Emmanuel Sanders having a good game. So I don't know if we need to go out here to try to find a wide receiver that can, that can come in and to this organization, because what I've been seeing, uh, Trev, is the fact that these guys have been elevating their game in the absence of the guy who is the starter. Now, you're not going to replace the production of a Michael Thomas. Let's just, let's just be real about this. Michael Thomas is special. 149 receptions last season, 1,700 yards receiving, uh, offensive player of the year. It is hard to try to replace that type of production uh, from a New Orleans Saints wide receiver that has given you so much over the past three to four years. But you can go out here and be able to, you know, address some of the issues in like catching the football, like running some of these routes, like doing some of the things that Traquan Smith can do. Do some of the things that Deontay Harris can do. Try to go out there and just do your job. And I think the Saints wide receivers have been doing their job. So I don't think that it requires us to go out here to look for a guy. Because the only reason why we'll be going out here looking for a guy is to try to go up and combat against what Tampa is bringing to the table. We need to, once again, stop looking at the opponents and look at what the Saints are doing with the limited, uh, honestly, with the, with the limitations that they have. They are still winning football games, and they're still doing enough to win. So that is impressive in its own right. I don't think that what the Saints are doing requires them to go out there in free agency to try to pick up a wide receiver. I don't think that that would be very, very smart, especially from what I'm seeing from, uh, you know, these other wide receivers stepping up. Pass rush or secondary help, that's what we need. Uh, I agree with that. I, I, I definitely agree with that, Dami. Um, I feel like what the Saints are, uh, are, are really lacking uh, is a consistent pass rush. And, and I, I say this, who that nation, because I'm more, I'm, I feel like the pass rush kind of sets the tone on the defensive side of the ball. Because the, the Saints aren't consistently getting a pass rush, because the Saints aren't consistently having somebody in the backfield to put pressure on the quarterbacks, to get the uh, quarterback out of their spot, it is giving the quarterback an opportunity to stand tall in the pocket and deliver the ball. Now, we have to understand, this isn't the type of NFL that this was 15, 20 years ago, where a, a cornerback or a safety can make a guy pay if he goes across the middle. Or if a guy, you know, is down there down the field, he knows in the back of his mind, well, you know, if John Lynch is here, he can take my head off. Or if Jason Seahorn is here, he'll take my head off. Or, you know, if Ryan Woodson is back there, he can take my head off. They don't have to worry about these things. You need a pass rush to be able to combat, uh, you know, some of the, the, the favoritism uh, that the, the NFL gives to, this, to these offenses in the National Football League. If you don't have a pass rush that can get there within three seconds, you have yourself a problem. 
Now, the Saints do have a pass rush that can get there in three seconds. The problem is they can't do it consistently. Then that causes guys to get beat. That gets guys caught out of position. That gets guys basically be exposed uh, to big plays. So I do think a pass rusher coming to the New Orleans Saints would be very, very beneficial to this team. Somebody like J.J. Watt, you know, somebody that, that the media has, has written articles about. I think that J.J. Watt, a guy who has been in the NFL for a long time, a guy that has been doing it at a high level for a long time, a guy that, that was uh, all pro for two different positions at defensive tackle and defensive end. If you bring a guy like that in who is hungry, who understands that he only has a few more years of dominance left, he comes into a Saints organization that desperately needs someone to step up. He can answer the call. So I really feel like a pass rush would be more important, in my opinion, than trying to go out here and getting somebody in the secondary. Now, if you can get somebody in the secondary, like a Earl Thomas or like a, a Stephon Gilmore via trade, then that would be good as well. But if I am a GM, if I'm evaluating my talent, if I'm looking at the importance of what I need right now in order to help me get over the hump, is it a pass rush or a member of the secondary? I'm going with the pass rush, man, because the pass rush dictates the game, in my opinion. If you are making, if you are disrupting the quarterback's timing, if you are taking him out of his spot, it is going to make things very, very easy for the secondary. It's going to be a very, very easy day for them. Think about guys like Miles Garrett, right, who is having a, a monster year. Think about guys like Aaron Donald, who is also having a monster year. Think about some of these guys and them getting pressure on the quarterbacks and how that is helping their secondary look much better. So I'm, I will say that a pass rush to me would be more important than going out here getting a member of the secondary. Because if you can disrupt the quarterback, then... I feel like uh, it will help the secondary even more. And some of those things that we have seen, uh, we probably won't be seen. And we'll probably see more turnovers in the secondary as well. Chosen, what's going on, my friend? He says, also, our D-line needs to make those sacks last game. Was too many missed tackles on a quarterback? Stay focused and make the tackles and rush and pass more consistent. Yeah, I agree with you, Chosen. That is a very good point, man. You think about C.J. Garner-Johnson and Dennis Allen calling the right plays. I mean, C.J. Garner-Johnson has to get home. I mean, that was, I mean, he was about as free and wide open as you possibly can get. You cannot let Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you can't let him off the hook here because you're already blitzing. So if you're not getting home, you are exposing your secondary, right? And it's exactly what happened, happened. Um, C.J. Garner-Johnson missed the tackle on Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater was able to go and make uh, the Saints pay. You've got to get guys on the ground. There's too much sexy tackling going on in New Orleans. It's too many guys trying to take it upon themselves to say, I got to make a play. I got to do this. I got to do that. The important and the objective is putting guys on the ground. It's about tackling the guy, right? It, it's about tackling the guy short of the line to gain. That is what it's all about. If you give up a big play, just put the guy on the ground. You, you make things even worse by when a guy catches the ball, you get in your feelings because this guy caught a pass on you and you're trying to rip the ball out of his hand. Of course, this guy is not going to relinquish the ball. He's going to hold it like the jaws of life because he doesn't want you to rip the ball out of his hand. So while you're doing tug of war with him, 
You tug a ward for about seven more yards and made a play even worse. So I feel like the fundamentals, okay, the fundamentals need to be taking place in New Orleans in the secondary. Getting guys on the ground, making sure you're tackling them, okay? I mean, look, he, he caught the ball. It was a three-yard game. Put him down on the ground. Clap, clap. Second and seven. Second and seven. Let, let's get this done, man. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's work on the fundamentals here. Let's stop playing hero ball. Let's stop putting the S on our chest and trying to save the day. Let's stop trying to make the ESPN top 10. Like, let, let's cut that out. Let's focus on the things that you can control. Your job as a member of the secondary, your job as a safety, as a cornerback, uh, as a linebacker, is to make sure that if a tight end catches the ball, knock it out of his hand. If a, if a wide receiver tries to catch the ball, knock it out of his hands. If, if it's in your vicinity and you feel like you can make a play, maybe jump in front of the pass and catch an interception, that's cool too. But the objective is to prevent that wide receiver, to prevent that running back, to prevent that tight end from catching the football. That is what is important. And that is what the focus needs to be on in the secondary. Terrell says, getting a receiver knowing our secondary is bad. It's like having your check engine light on and you get new tires hoping it's fixed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Terrell, I mean, you, as, as a Saints fan, you have to admit that the wide receiver position in the offense is the least of the troubles of the Saints. It's the least of the troubles. Now, they did start off a little stagnant at the beginning of the season, which for the last couple of years, if you've been watching, it's been that way. It's been that way. It's, it's been... Uh, started off a little bit stale. With, you need the defense to play better. That is what is going to get the Saints over the hump because you, what, you're playing with fire right now, Who that Nation. I want people to understand that. You're playing with fire because what you're doing is you're counting on your offense to deliver you every single week. And there are going to be times where the offense is not going to play at a high level. There's going to be a time where there are going to be some turnovers. There are going to be some forced fumbles. There are going to be some interceptions. There is going to be something. What you're asking your offense to do is virtually play perfect week in and week out because of the limitations of the defense. And why are we still here in the year of 2020? Why are we still dealing with the same issues defensively that we have in 2016 and in 2017? The defense should be able to complement the offense. That is what is going to get the Saints to the Super Bowl. That is what stopped the Saints from getting to the Super Bowl. It has been lackluster, defenses, lackluster defensive performances over the past two to three years. When we expected the defense to step up to handle their business, they have not. And that is what we need to focus on. We need to understand that Drew Brees is a 41-year-old quarterback and us expecting him to turn back the clock like he's 27 years old, like he just fresh off a, a, off a stint out of San Diego, we are mistaken. This guy needs to be carried from time to time too. And that's what we need to understand. We, we expect Drew Brees to play game in, game out perf with perfection. With, you know what I'm saying? That elite quarterback style. But he is human. He's going to make mistakes, right? He is going to do some of the things that could possibly cost us a game because he's human. If you're expecting this guy to go out here and play ball, you know what I'm saying, and ball out every single game, and the defense takes absolutely no accountability, like you're sadly mistaken. They should be picking up the slack like the Denver Broncos did 
with uh with Peyton Manning. You need to be doing this with, with the Saints. You need to be doing this with the defense. You need to be doing it like they're doing it in Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? They, the defense was picking up the slack until Tom Brady uh, got a little bit more comfortable offensively. That, that's what they've done. So why can't the Saints do the same thing? This defense needs to step up, folks. Rather, like I said, rather you like Drew Brees or not at this stage of his career, rather you're rolling your eyes when number nine hits the field, you're rolling your eyes when you see him doing his stretching exercises, you're rolling his eyes when, he, when he's licking his hands, regardless to the fact who that nation. Drew Brees gives us the best position to win, and this defense needs to step up. And y'all know that. You, you can't expect Drew Brees to go out here and deliver every single game like that. It's, it's, it's not fair, okay? It's not fair. Boy, you finally talking. No more wide receiver talk. Make a meal of those eggs and rice until you get some meat. Defense. Exactly, Ernest. I mean, it, it's just the truth. I mean, anybody that's going out here thinking about the offense at this stage, um, I, I have to say, man, um, you might have to reevaluate your decision-making because – the Saints have been averaging 31 points a game, folks. And and that's not, okay, it's not because of the defense here. For the exception of Janora Jenkins' pick six in week one, there's been very little turnovers by the Saints. Very little. So it's been the offense carrying this team. It's been the offense going out there, rather it's Michael Thomas or not, Emmanuel Sanders or not, Marquez Callaway or not, Deontay Harris or not. It has been these guys going out there playing offensively, handling their business. So anybody that thinks, oh, man, we need an offensive player. No, man, it, it, it is what I like to say, uh, something that's instinctive. You know what I'm saying? It's something that you feel like needs to happen because Emmanuel Sanders, who's a name? Michael Thomas, that's a name. Those guys aren't there. So you feel like, oh, we need someone else. But what the Saints have been doing with guys that nobody really knows about Guys that are, have been on a practice squad, guys that have just come into the league undrafted. The offense is the least of our troubles. We need to focus on defense. The defense needs to step it up. The defense needs to stop uh, giving up big plays. The defense needs to understand that they should be playing complimentary football with the offense. Iceman T, uh, what's going on, man? He says the Saints shouldn't be struggling against nine playoff teams tj the panthers and the Chargers are not really statement wins we won and won against playoff teams so far uh ice man you can say that's a good point and i won't take that away from you but the same struggle against everybody let that's let's let's just call it for what it is when the last time have you really seen a saints blowout the saints always a nip and tuck against rather elite teams or teams that's middle of the pack the saints are not structured that way um, you look at some of the, the plays. This, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? There's a lot of explosive plays in the offense. And, and because of those explosive plays, if the game is nip and tuck, we're shocked. We're shocked because you have a, a quarterback with a bullet arm, a rocket arm, that can launch the ball down the field 70 yards on his back foot. So if he's not putting up 40 points, everybody looking like, man, what's going on with Mahomes? But that's not the way the Saints play. The Saints play almost, their, their passing game is almost like an extension of their running game. So if, if, you're, if the passing game is an extension of your running game, it's like three yards, four yards, seven yards, uh, seven yards, 10 yards, 15 yards. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like an extension of the run. So you're playing like that. You're not going to blow people out. You're not going to blow people out by, you know what I'm saying, like 
if a wide receiver is catching a, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a seven yard out, you're not going to blow a team out like that. But if Drew Brees was launching a ball down the field, then maybe you'll be seeing something different. You Maybe you'll be seeing more blowouts. Maybe you'll be seeing, uh, you know, insurmountable leads that the Saints, uh, you know, put these teams behind an eight ball. But they're not structured like that. They're not, Iceman. So because they're not structured like that, you're always going to see close games. You're always going to see these games where the Saints are winning by field goals, regardless if they're playing against the Bucs, rather they're playing against the 49ers, rather they're playing against uh, the Carolina Panthers or the Detroit Lions, okay? So I, I can't really say that that's an issue to me because it's very rare over the past couple of years have we seen the Saints blow teams out. I only can think of maybe like a handful of teams I can just say that they just absolutely blew, blew out. Uh, I think Philly was one. Uh, the Redskins was two, or excuse me, the football team, uh, who they're called now, they were one. And the Indianapolis Colts. We really don't see the Saints blowing teams out. I mean, their, their offense is just not structured that way. Not anymore, at least. But now, if this was back in like 2011 or something like that, and this was an issue, Iceman, then I would have to agree with you. But that's not the way the Saints are structured these days. Um. Let me see. Uh, Joyce Kittle last year. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, thank you very much for the three ninety nine. Uh, uh, I can't uh, feel. I'm just gonna call you Phil. I'm just gonna call you Phil because I don't know how to pronounce that, man. <laughs> thank you very much for the three ninety nine. Yeah, you're talking about Joyce Kittle last year. I guess you're talking about them uh, trying to rip the ball out of a player's hand. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one, Phil. Uh, but thank you very much for the three ninety nine, my friend. All right, waving at uh. One of the DJs at our station here. Uh, Bench Williams and get Earl Thomas. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I agree they need to bench uh, Marcus Williams, but I think they need to put DJ Swearinger in. I think DJ Swearinger needs uh, to play more. Uh, I don't think he needs to be a healthy scratch. Inevitable expertise says Ryan Kerrigan, although kind of old, would be a great addition. Inevitable, you know, even though uh, Ryan Kerrigan, he's up there in age now, I really feel like when you bring a guy like that in who has played for a franchise that is known over the past couple years of losing, being a loser, um, never making the playoffs, it makes that guy kind of turn up his game. Like you look at somebody like Janoris Jenkins, right? Janoris Jenkins has been a good cornerback in this league for several years. I mean, when he was out there in St. Louis playing for the Rams, it got him a big contract in New York. New York has had some down years, hasn't made the playoffs. When he came to New Orleans, he was like, all I have to do is my job. All I have to do is go out there and do my job, and I can contribute to this team winning games. When you have a veteran who all he feels he has to do is do his job and they'll get results, I think that that will be beneficial to a team because Ryan Kerrigan understands, just like J.J. Watt would, that this is a short, you know what I'm saying, this is a short game, okay? I mean, you don't play in this, this game for a long time, but exception if you're a quarterback. If you're fortunate to play at another position, God bless, but it's mostly quarterbacks. They understand that I don't have a long left. I need to submit my legacy. I go to a team, Super Bowl contender. I do my job. I can... I can submit myself in the sands of time by going out here winning the Super Bowl. So I think Ryan Kerrigan would be an addition to this team. I think he, he would 
take it upon himself to ball out and, and, and really take accountability to help this team get where it needs to be. It's the cold, man. The common cold and flu. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Oh, okay. That's real talk you talking. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I just kind of got lost. I'm looking at the chat here. I don't know how in the world we, we up here talking about conspiracy theories about COVID-19. Man, I'm, I'm over that, folks. I'm over it. Receivers will be back next week. No need to rush anyone back this week. Saints can win this game without them. Uh, yeah, I think they can win the game without them. I, I really do. I think that they can win the game uh, without them. They did it last week. If the Saints uh, come up with a decent game plan, they should get the job done. Then why are important players from team testing positive? No Bucks players. I don't know. I can't answer that question. I wish I could. Uh, what's up, who that family? And what's going on? Uh, they haven't turned their heads. Yeah, I guess you're talking about the secondary. Yeah, they need to work on that, definitely. Uh, Alex says, not really uh, play perfect, just no three and outs. Our defense can't handle the offense not being able to stay on the field. It's Sean Payton's fault with the play calling, a flea flick on fourth and one. Uh, look, you can you can criticize Sean Payton, which is um, it, it's warranted at times, but if I'm looking and evaluating what is really going on with this team, what's the real issue, what's the problem, what's the, the alarming uh, issue that we're facing right now, it would be defensively. I think that the, the offense takes a backseat to the defensive woes. Uh, I think that the offense has, you know, done the things they need to do. Rather is put the Saints in position to kick a field goal for a win or uh, put themselves in a position for a go-ahead lead. And it has been the defense not answering the call. So we can talk about offense all day, but the defense is not handling their business. They're not doing the things they need to do in order to help out the offense. You know, they're going out there, they're getting beat. Uh, they're not getting pressure on the quarterbacks on a consistent basis. Yeah, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was under the rest during the last drive of the game when you had Cam Jordan and you had Davenport that made the sack that put him out of field goal range, uh, you know, and slide Mr. 65-yard field goal. But those plays are few and far in between. Where's that type of energy during the first, the first quarter? Where's that energy in the second quarter? Where's that energy midway through the third quarter? That is all I'm saying. So if we are sitting up here and trying to pretend that the offense is the main issue of this team and why this team has not been successful and why this team isn't doing the things they need to do to stand out amongst the crowd, then I think we're sadly mistaken here. MR says the problem with the Saints is they play down to their opponent's level. Uh, I don't even, I, I, I believe that, I agree with that, but... One thing I just feel like, I just feel like regardless to who the Saints play, it's always going to be a nip and tuck game. Uh, I do feel like the Saints look at the schedule and they believe they own press clippings. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if they watch the ESPN uh, predictions before and those guys be like, I got the Saints and it's a landslide because they feel like, everybody feel like the Saints going to win that game. I don't know what they do. But when they go up against elite competition, all of a sudden they play like Super Bowl, like the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, I just think that they need consistency. I do agree with that, MR. But I, I just think that they play that way against anybody. You know, I, I do. I think all the games are going to be close just the way they play offensively. Yes, we need to upgrade our secondary first and foremost. 
I just start grabbing an extra experienced receiver for the playoff drive. Uh, would provide extra depth at the, that position that would be uh, struggling with due to injuries all season long. Uh, look, I just feel like Michael Thomas is going to come back. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to come back. You got Traquan Smith. You got Deontay Harris. We've seen what Marquez Callaway can do. I, I, I just don't feel like it's necessary. And then you have to understand that Drew Brees isn't like one of those quarterbacks like a Ben Roethlisberger or a Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? I can make it work. Uh, uh, Drew Brees is about chemistry. He's about timing. That's one of the main reasons why when some of those uh, name, big name receivers come into our organization, come in through via free agency, uh, they, they struggle, you know what I'm saying, at the beginning because Drew Brees is about timing. Drew Brees wants to know that as soon as that 10 yards that you hit, boom, you go into the out. Boom, you going into the flat. Boom, you shooting up field. He wants to know that. And that, that comes with chemistry, repetition, and time. So it's not like how it is with, when you see Ben Roethlisberger, a guy who basically when a play breaks down, that's when it's time for him to ball out, right? He wants those receivers that can break off the routes, guys that can run back to him to get the football. Drew Brees doesn't work like that. Drew Brees rarely ever rolls out, and he barely ever throws on a run. So that's not the way that Drew Brees is structured. It's about timing. So regardless to who you bring into this organization, rather is is today or is next week, it's probably going to be around week 13 or week 14 before you even have some level of chemistry or some type of belief from Drew Brees to that respected player in order for him to be a contributor to this team. We got to remember that, man. This isn't like some of these other uh, teams out here. Drew Brees isn't stuck on structure like that. He's not. Uh, Iceman T said, yeah, but TJ, showing not running the ball puts the defense on the field. Uh, most, but also the defense is playing pathetic, so it's a combination of bad plays and bad offensive coaching putting them in harm's way. Iceman, I think we all can agree that we we think that the Saints need to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, the, the game against the Detroit Lions, I think we all can agree that that was an anomaly. That was a game that we knew that wasn't going to happen, you know what I'm saying, all the time. Uh, but they did run the football. They ran the football pretty well. Uh, last week, and they ran the ball really well against the Chargers. So they are running the football. Uh, some of the plays that are questionable when there's only one yard to gain, I think we all can agree that they need to, uh, you know, kind of tighten that up. But I, if I had to put the blame on somebody, I, I would have to say the defense. Your boy Jay says, Mike isn't getting traded. Uh, where is everybody getting this from? Uh, I don't let the media get, don't let the media get in y'all head. I agree with that. You know, I don't think he's getting traded. I mean, Sean Payton did everything but discredited every media source that was doing that, and now they're backpedaling, you know, now that he came out. So um, I think we can go ahead and nip that in the bud. Look, I'm not like some of these other people out here. Uh, I think that everybody that's out here calling for Michael Thomas to play is being selfish. Uh, if this guy feels like he, he's hurt, then he's hurt. Uh, I, <laughs> I think this guy has enough skins on the wall for us to take this man at his word. I just think that we're mad as a fan base uh, because we know what this guy brings to the table and the fact that he's not playing. Uh, we want him out there so bad because we want to be able to really stomp out the competition. I get it. I understand that, folks. Trust and believe. I understand that. But, look, Michael Thomas, uh, he's a young guy. He's 27 years old, and his best days are right in front of him, man. So I don't want him to go out there and cause himself – uh, you know, issues later on in his career because he
he trying to go out here and beat the Chicago Bears in a week eight game. I can wait for Michael Thomas. You know, even if the Saints were to lose this game against the Chicago Bears, look, I, I care more about Michael Thomas's uh, health and his contributions to the Saints in the future than him beating the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Just because I want to stay atop the NFC South and I want to be able to talk noise to my Tampa Bay friends. Nah, I'm good on that. Okay, I, I think that the guy needs to uh, rest if he's hurt. Uh, like I said, he's a guy that is a competitor. So if he does, if he's not playing, something is wrong. Last time I saw, I seen Drew Brees run was the Atlanta game when he spent off two Falcons. Yeah, you ain't gonna see that much. You ain't gonna see that. Uh, what is going to take for this team to win a Super Bowl again? If you don't mind me asking, in your opinion and your analysis, uh, Brian, um, what it would take is a defense. Uh, the Saints need a defense. Like They need a defense that can make stops. The Saints need a, a defense that can not only stop the run, but stop the pass too. They need to be able to get three and outs. They need to get the ball back in the hands of the offense uh, more often. They need to be able to control the town possession. And most importantly, they need to generate some turnovers. Uh, when, when they went to the Super Bowl back in 09, uh, they led the league in turnovers. Um, you know, Darren Sharper, a guy who a lot of people don't want to talk about these days, um, you know, for off the field issues. But when he was on the field, he led the NFL in interceptions. He had nine interceptions that season. Um, the Saints were turning the ball over. The Saints were getting those turnovers in order to help their, them uh, help their offense that was high powered at the time. So you have to be able to generate turnovers and you got to be able to stop teams on third down. And most importantly, most importantly of all, you got to be able to stop teams in the red zone when they get down there. I mean, the, the teams are getting six you know, more so than they're getting three. So they, they got to be able to turn the corner. Right now, I mean, teams, I want people to understand this. There's over 70% chance that when a team gets down to the red zone, they're going to get a touchdown on the Saints defense. That is not good. That is not good, folks. When Mike T comes back, he's going to ball the F out and shut all the media and everyone talking noise up. He has the MJ competitive spirit. And he's going to take it all once he returns. Yeah, and, and not to mention, he's going to be fresh. You know, we got to keep that in mind, too. He hasn't played since week one. So, Matt, I know his ankle and his hamstring is, is hurt, but this man fresh as a daisy, you know. <laughs> uh, say it ain't so. No Mahomes contract will kill our cap. Nah. Let's see. Well, we're inviting teams in the red zone like they made appointments. To say the least, to say the least, Drew Brees for Mahomes is a good deal. Ain't no, that's not a, it, like, I'm, I'm going to be real. If the Kansas City general manager was to make that trade, he would be the biggest idiot on this side of the Mississippi. That would be the, like, I would fire that dude on the spot. Like, if even, like, even if I was in a meeting and they was throwing something against the wall just to see if it stick, if he was to bring that up in a meeting and nobody heard him say that, I would fire him. I'd be like, Put down the drugs. What is wrong with you? Okay? There's not a team in the world. There's not a GM in the world that will try to make that trade. That is, come on, man. Knock it off. Can you make an app so we know uh, when your show's on and if you do? Uh, well, I, I, just, I go ahead and I schedule it out. And if you uh, follow the State of the Saints podcast, uh, it, it sends you a notification on when, I, when the show is about to uh, go live. You know, I, I try to do that. And I try to uh, send out maybe like 15 minutes uh, before I do a show, 20 minutes before I do a show. So if you uh, 
hit, hit, hit the notification um, button, uh, it, you'll be able to know when the show goes live. And if you can't watch it live, you know, I, I, that's still fine. You know, that's still fine. You know, you can still watch the show at a later date. I have no problem with that. Will the Saints give Winston a legitimate shot at quarterback next year? I think so. I, I think they will. I think they uh I think they believe in him. And I think he's helping his cause. Because as long as he's on a bench, people kind of forget about those thirty interceptions that he threw. You know, so it's kind of helping him. This is not a Super Bowl team at defense. It's too bad they can't they can make the playoffs, maybe win one game, and that's it. I, I agree with that, the way they playing. I can't even hate on that. That is that's the absolute truth. I think anybody that think this team can go to the Super Bowl the way they playing, I think they're delusional. As much as I, I love the Saints, they're, they're delusional. The Saints are going to give you some great moments. They're going to make you happy. They're going to make you proud. They're going to even make you uh, be able to, you know, talk trash to, to rival teams. But when it matters most, when the game is on the line, when it's time to buckle down, when teams are really uh, embedded and, and, you know what I'm saying, really focused on what they need to do to beat the Saints, I question if the Saints can beat those teams when it when it matters. Secondary simply needs to stop letting receivers uh, be left wide open. Defensive line uh, can carry can carry all of the load, but they can get pressure on the quarterback. They can get pressure on the quarterback. They can help that cause. I mean, come on, you got Cam Jordan. Is he an All Pro? I mean, you got Demario Davis. Come on, you're an All Pro. You got Trey Hendrickson playing at a high level. Come on. You got uh, Davenport, who's uh, seen like he's showing flashes. You got Sheldon Rankins. You got David Ayumata. According to Pro Football Focus, is ranked higher than any other person on that defensive line. So get pressure on the quarterback. Make life hard for the offense. Make life hard for the quarterback. Make him knock him off his rhythm. That's what you need to be doing. I don't think y'all really understand like how important and how complimentary these defenses are. If, if, if a defensive line is getting pressure on a quarterback, he is going to make life easy for the secondary. It's true. It's a reason why, like, if you ever played Madden, if you ever played Madden and you ever, like, uh, played and maybe you was getting pressure on, on the person that you're playing against quarterback and then all of a sudden, like, on third down, you see him throw an interception, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a fact because you're messing up his timing. You're messing up, his, his, you know, the, the clock in his head. So if you're getting there before three seconds, he's going to think, okay, man, one, two, three, I'm sacked. One, two, three, I'm sacked. And he's going to think, okay, now I got to get it out at two and a half seconds. And that two and a half seconds can be Lattimore jumping in front of a route for an interception. That can be Marcus Williams with the good hands that he has catching the interception. It's all about complimentary football. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're getting pressure on a quarterback, it's going to knock him off his spot. And it is going to cause him uh, to make uh, erratic decisions. So I want people to understand that. Defensive line is letting all the pressure, uh, is getting all the pressure. The pressure they've been getting should have resulted in two interceptions versus the Chargers and consistent third down stops versus the Panthers. It's just the secondary. Who that? Uh, state of black and gold. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that to a certain extent. They do have to catch the interception. Um, Malcolm Jenkins had an interception that could have sealed the game for the Saints. Uh, you know, but for the most part, man, those guys back there, those guys back there can catch uh, interceptions, man. But it's all about disruption. Think of, and also about getting getting guys on the ground, too. Let's not pretend like 
uh, Davenport had a sack. And then after that, uh, Cam Jordan was chasing Teddy Bridgewater, had him running for his life. And let's not forget that C.J. Gardner-Johnson had him down on the ground. So it's all about getting sacks too. And also, like I said, they, they are getting pressure, but are they, they, are they, you know what I'm saying, getting him down to the ground? Are they, like, touching him when they get home? Or is it like, okay, he get knocked off his spot and he throw the ball down the field on a rollout? Okay. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But you got to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. You got to mess up the timing in his head. You, you have to. So that's very, very important. I'm going to read a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here. It says, the Saints need to go back to the bounty hunter ways and place a $560,000 bounty on Tom Brady. Now, I don't agree with that, man. I don't agree with that. Right, look. Tom Brady is playing really well, but I don't want to see him get hurt. You know what I'm saying? If he wins against the Saints, then he wins against the Saints. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. So I don't want to see him get hurt, man. I just want to see the Saints beat him. Have you listened to the Trust Level podcast with Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan? So far, they interviewed Kamara, Kittle, Wagner, uh, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown. It's funny and entertaining. Yeah, I saw it. You know, I checked it out. Uh, Trust Levels is a, a really good podcast. You can tell uh, Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan are really good friends. I mean, they were drafted together both in the first round back in 2011. And they have a friendship, man. And that, that's very, very important. You can tell the chemistry uh, on, you know, on camera, you know, that they have. And I think they have a really good podcast. Well, shouts out to them, man. You know, shouts out to them. Uh, have some really good guests. I mean, you have the MVP of the National Football League on your show. You got Hollywood Brown. Uh, I mean, you got Alvin Kamara. I mean, that, that's some really good, that's some really good, uh, really good talent that you have there on that show, you know. So, I mean, only the sky's the limit for them. I think they, they have some really good content. Uh, bring back Von Bell. Um, the way that Von Bell been playing in Cincinnati, I don't, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you're watching them Bengals games, but uh, uh, your boy ain't been playing that good. Uh, as for a Breeze replacement, Deshaun Watson would fit, but in my opinion, I can wish. For our defensive line, they have moments, but just inconsistent. Uh, o, um, the secondary, needs to stop playing Hollywood football, trying to make TV clips. They need to play the man and take them down. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, man. It's about the fundamentals of football. It's about communication. And it's about being smart, man. Like I, I question the, the intelligence of the secondary sometimes. I know I shouldn't, man, but I, I do. Our secondary needs to step up, and our front four shouldn't have an issue getting to foes. His O-line isn't protecting him, making him overthrow the ball every game. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, it's from game to game. It's about schemes and matchups. Uh, one game you might not be able to do well against one team, and then you turn around and play another team, and you know you end up blowing that team out. So I don't really pay attention to what the team did last week or week before last. I don't draw conclusions like, oh, this team beat beat y'all, so I beat them. I mean, we beat them, so we better than y'all. I don't buy into that. It's about week to week, man. And no matter how bad a team is, you can go up against the Jets. If you go out there lollygagging and pussyfooting around, you can get yourself an L. Straight up. I, I don't buy into what the what the press say. The press is just trying to feed their families by giving us information that makes us run along and, and tell other people. You know, they're, they're just trying to feed their families. They're just trying to make sure that you stay on there longer so they can get that uh, that credit for that view. That's all they want to do, folks. So um, let's, let's stop paying attention to these guys.
Uh, George Washington Carver Senior High is in the house. Yeah, that boy Purge, man. Shouts out to you, man. I am a graduate of George Washington Carver Senior High School. Yeah, man. Class of 2004, man. Shouts out to all my Carver Rams out there. Uh, Bucks versus Saints rematch. Uh, who wins? Uh, I got the Saints winning that game. Uh, hope you have, let me see, hoping to have you on my show first episode soon, TJ. Who that Davis? Hey, man, anytime you want to, who that, man, just let me know. Yeah, man, you got a Saints podcast, man. All you got to do is hit me up, man. You know, all you got to do is hit me up. Uh, I know I was supposed to be on Big Q show, you know what I'm saying, for the last, uh, he asked me like last week, man. I've just been so busy, but, you know, I, I definitely, you know what I'm saying, I, I, it's hard for me to, you know, Act like, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, man, I can't be on your show. Like, man, come on, give me a break. I, I have an issue with people acting like that. I, I have a problem when people uh, get to a certain level and they tend to forget about the people that actually helped them get to that level and they act like they, they become big time, big league or something like that and all of a sudden, like, they don't know nobody and they, they forget. You know, I, me, uh, you know, trying to get these interviews and conducting these interviews with some of the, the familiar faces that y'all know, you know, like, it, it just taught me a lot, man, about how humble, you know what I'm saying, people are. And, you know what I'm saying? I, I think what helped me out was the the interview I did with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, man. All I did, you know what I'm saying, when I when I hit him up, I mean, he was always responding back to me, man, always giving me encouragement and stuff like that. Man, I got so much respect for that guy because he could have easily, like, seen, you know, me reach out to him and just brushed it off. You know what I'm saying? This guy's, like, on television every week. Got so much stuff going on. I mean, a dude, like, did a report from the NFL Network, like, I think maybe 30 minutes, and then 30, 30 minutes after that was on my podcast talking to me. So, no matter what, man, you know what I'm saying? I always got time for the people that, that made this show successful. I don't care what anybody says, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't buy into that. You know, you know, you every now and then you'll have people, you know, that email me, Acting like, oh, man, you different. You changed this, that, and the third. Like, no, I, I don't feel, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel that way, man. I got time for everybody. I just think that sometimes when people see you growing and elevating and becoming better, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they just think all of a sudden, like, you change. No, you know what I'm saying? I always got time for everybody. Anybody, anybody like, there's a reason why there are several people in here I know by name. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I, I recognize them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I acknowledge them. Because that's important, man. Y'all made this show what it is. You know, I, I went from, like I said, I, I was recording uh, voiceovers. I was using my, my cell phone to record my voice and just doing a little slideshow. I went from that to what this show is right now. And I owe that to you all. So I'll never forget that. Who that Davis, when you get your uh, show started, let me know, man. Hit me up. I'm there. I love my team no matter what. Raquel, me too. And uh, we're going to finish this up with Nolan says the Saints defensively been struggling, uh, been sluggish, excuse me, sluggish to start the season the past few years. How much are you confident that they can possibly finish in the top 15 by the end of the year? I'm not confident, Nolan. Not at all. Not confident. Uh, if they can be bend but don't break at this stage, then I will be satisfied with that. But I want to say thank you all very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, making us a part of your uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, be sure to check us out uh, on Facebook, facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints podcast, and previous episodes available 
on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And yes, uh, we will be going live on tomorrow morning. That's right. We will be having a pregame show uh, when I break down the Saints versus Chicago Bears game. Uh, who will win that football game? Uh, I will have all the information that you need uh, available for you. Uh, no, no doubt about that. So just go ahead and uh, check it out. Uh, we will be going live in the morning. And of course, we will have the postgame show immediately following the Saints uh, versus Chicago Bears game. You all be safe. Uh, you all take care. Uh, make sure that you go out there and vote regardless of who you're voting for. Make sure you exercise your rights. I got to say that. I'm sorry. It is what it is. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>